Warning, self-control does not share the same views of the influencers that you see on wrestling Twitter. The comments and opinions you will hear in this episode will make you feel some kind of way. Accordingly, the umbrella must insist that you know from jump that we do not care. We at self-control must insist that you listen and make your own opinions and do not attempt to contact us on that bullshit. We will read them and laugh at you in our group chat or pre-production meetings on the phone, accordingly. That's my greatest fear, that if, if I lost control or did not have control, things would just, you know, I would be fatal. I'm not even lying, man. I'm not even lying, <laughs> He hit the red button. <laughs> <laughs> Control center, control. I'm not, I'm not even lying, man. I'm not even lying. You're not. That's why you're. That's why you're the guy. You're not lying. <laughs> it's just you know what I mean. That's why we do this shit. It's like I, it's like I announced it like it was just a regular day. Like, hey guys, Joe Budden said he's bisexual. It just, I didn't expect you to say that, brother. It just, it just hit me. It just hit me. Breaking like, news. Okay. Breaking news. <laughs> Is that breaking news? That doesn't feel like breaks news to me, man. Oh, wow. I just just got up on a nice nap, and I'm making notes, and he dropped that on us. (laughs) The takes. (laughs) The takes. (laughs) The way he said the shit. Like, God damn. Let's go. Let's go. All right. um... All right. Let's run it, man. <laughs> I guess we are ready. <laughs> All right, yo. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to another edition to another episode of the Self Control Podcast, where the energy never dies and the energy never lies. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I skipped the whole he him thing. I just felt like getting straight into the shits. Um, my name is Dodge, and I'm here with my compatriots, my boys, on the steps of Shaolin once again. Uh, I got my boy Rito. Go ahead, Rito. You know I I would do your your spiel, but I like the way you do yours. So go ahead, man. What's good, Self Control Center? It's your boy Rito, aka the Puerto Rican powerhouse, aka the Sensei of Segways, aka the Secret Son of Sinbad. It's your boy. What's good, world? <laughs> and to his right, y'all know what it is, man. The Bliss Dex Don himself, Dread Hampton, you know Philly Kravitz, the boy, Lorenzo, with three R. What's happening, boy? Control Center was good. It's up. It's up and it's stuck. It's and yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all heard it. So, uh, I mean, I guess we'll touch on it later, but uh, apparently. Joe Budden is bisexual. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, man. Good for him. Live your truth. I mean, the guy's had several bad chicks. I mean, I I would think his roster will rival one of Derek Jeter's. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey man, rosters rosters are are going to roster. You know what I mean? Like we're outnumbered. We're very outnumbered. You know. I, I mean, but for real, like let's like let's take a look at um. Let's let's take a look. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, my thing is um, let's take a look like Tahiri, Angela. Villa. Was it Gloria? Gloria Velez. Gloria Velez. Kim. Oh, not Kim, but, um, Sin. Santana. Uh, Esther Baxter. I'm missing one. Oh. What is the homegirl name? <laughs> what is the homegirl's name? Kaylin. There we go. Kaylin Garcia. There we go, Kaylin. That's that's the starting five right there. <laughs> who knows who knows who's on the bench? And like, I mean, Derek Jeter, uh, Mariah Carey, uh, Minka Kelly. Who else he had? Uh, you know, he had some guys, man. Yeah. Only rivaled by Derek Jeter. <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. And I'm sticking to it. That's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. See, now that Rory picture starts to, like, take on a whole different light. You know, is that, like, a I hate you so much, I love you look? What? <laughs> no. Yo, so I started. So I started you yesterday, right? Yo, Joe, some shit, man. I haven't seen it yet, just because usually when shit gets memed, I'm like, I'm not gonna even bother watching it until like it ends nah, like my world that, conversation. That's how I felt too about it. But yo, Joe, some shit, man. Like first season, I understood why the nigga did what he had to do. This season, I mean, second season. I'm watching the second season right now. My nigga just in the thick of it right now. He is just thick of it. He in some shit. My nigga Joe is in some shit. I look stuck right now, but hopefully y'all still hear me. But uh, yo, let's get to the proceedings this evening. Let's do it, Rito. Let's get to it. All right. Before we start this show, I just want to have a moment of recognition for the legend. The co-founder and the co-creator of the Gap Band, rest in peace to Mr. Ronnie Wilson. Yes, sir. You know, yes, sir. a lot, a lot of people know Gap Band music without even knowing it, just because you know the music's definitely influenced other bands like uh, Nirvana and Dave Grohl and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and so on and so on. But that's another conversation for another day. So I just want to say rest in peace to Mr. Ronnie Wilson. So. Uh, Yo, hold up. On Dave Grohl took the drum rolls from fucking you dropped the bomb on me from fucking Spirit, my nigga. I, fuck. Exactly. A lot of the disco, uh, well, not disco, but like the funk era definitely bled into the early 90s where you see that in like the Red Hot Chili Peppers and acts of that time, so. I watched that shit on, um, on, I don't know, HBO Max or whatever it was, and I'm telling you, the drum roll is like complete the same. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, when I heard that, I was like, 
damn, like, I, that's information that, like, I didn't know. That was, like, JFK release papers and whatnot, you know? I remember when uh, Dave Grohl was, uh, he said uh, he fucked with Go-Go. When Dave Grohl said he fucked with Go-Go music, it was, uh, like, interviewing um, the Backyard Band and shit. This is when he was doing, um, when they was doing, I forgot what album they were doing. Sonic Highways. And they was doing like this this thing on HBO where they were just interviewing people and they was, they did a show about Go Go. And they were talking about how Go Go inspired some of the album. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, yo, let me find out, Dave. Like, what the fuck, bro? It's crazy too, cause uh, even the band Chromio fucks with Go Go. Like if you if you watch their Tiny Desk concert, it rivals Mac Miller's Tiny Desk concert. It's so good. I mean, shit, Wale's fucking channel was originally Go-Go, so they put uh, Gaga on it. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yo, Attention Deficit is still, like, an underrated CD still. It's still, oh, it's, it's, sure. man. But that's what I, like you said, Rita, that's another story. We, we, we do it, we can do a whole show about Wale. So, you know, as, as we tell stories, some say that some stories are worth written, some stories are worth books, and uh, Mr. John Moxie released a book this week and also just uh, told the world via Tony Khan that uh, he's entering rehab. I got my book. Man's left the frame to grab the book. I love the dedication. Right. Got the book. Um, I haven't started yet because, like, I'm reading the Wu-Tang book. I'm reading um, I'm reading the Wu Tang book, so I haven't got on Mox's book yet or whatever. But I heard that it's like um I heard it's incredible from the first page. First off, man, um, you know from everybody from the Patrol Center, you know I don't like to speak for everybody, but I will say you know from from my you know from my heart and I know from Low and Rito's you know hearts, you know go straight out to to the Moxie family, to Renee Paquette and John Moxley and their daughter and everything. It takes a strong, strong man to admit in the midst of, like, a crazy hill. Like, in the, he's in the middle of a crazy hill turn right now. He's about to get, like, skyrocketed to the top of the to – back to the top, you know, the peck of order right now. You know, he's doing he's, – he's everywhere right now. World on a string. And he's GCW champion, right? Is he uh, I think uh, it went through him, and then I think it went back to Cardona, and then Effie, and then I'm not too sure. I'm not caught up on that, unfortunately. Okay, Since I, but I was getting passed around, so. Okay, but last I saw, he was a GCW champion. And listen, man, yo, this is is big to admit it, you know. It, you know, and knowingly and willingly check yourself into rehab, man. Um, strong dude, man. Strong dude. You know, we all have our vices. We've all have our crosses to bear. You know, I know I have a few. I got a bunch. Um, if it wasn't for, you know, family and love and, you know, friends, I wouldn't have, you know, come from under the stuff that I came from. So, yo, man, you know, I just want to send, you know, my love and, you know, my respect and my excuse me, my well wishes to John Moxley and his family. Low. 
Yeah, man. It takes a man to admit. It takes a human to admit, right? Like, I like how you put that, right? Like, crosses to bear. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, Christianity in and of itself, you know, if you're a believer or not, you know, it's just like, you know, it just has a certain universal appeal um, as far as storytelling goes, as far as, like, life and times go. And uh, Scott Moxley is, you know, he's up there for me. You know what I mean? He's one of my favorite performers of all time. You know, I know that, like, he's definitely faced a lot of criticism during his tenure with the E. And, you know, I think that, like, you know, the, the, the CZW area, era, excuse me, um, is on the right side of history as far as the groundwork, right? And he's responsible for a lot of that. Um, and now that we see this, you know, the, the new iteration and a new era of wrestling that we're stepping into, you know, his name is ringing bells still, right? And we're talking about like 20 years in. And we know what this business does, right? We've talked about the gulliest of the gully on this here show, right? And we still have more to talk about. And there's greater platforms out there, right? Dark Side of Wrestling, a lot of other stuff going on, even like just bare to the bone stuff that we discuss on the timeline. But I think that John Moxley is a man's man. He's a human's human, and it takes that to be able to admit to the public what's going on, right? Um, and I like to think about somebody else like Nick Gage, right? And a lot of other performers that we know and love that we can kind of like see as people that would probably be in our families or people that would probably be in our neighborhoods, right? Um, so definitely peace and love to Renee. Definitely peace and love to John and his family and everything that's, you know, and everybody that's surrounded by this particular subject right now. You know what I mean? Because it's not an easy cross to bear, right, Naj and Rito? When exactly. Figure, you know what I mean? Um, so definitely, right, because we know what this stuff is like when, you know, these things happen within our own families and communities. And so within this greater community of wrestling and everybody else dealing with things as far as struggle and addiction, peace to everyone, right? Because we're all dealing with things on daily based on the things that's going on in the 21st century. But within our own community, we can continue to spread this love and this passion for what people do and what they deliver to us and definitely see the humanity within them. So definitely peace to everyone within our community and peace to the Paquette and peace to John's family. Also, man, um, it, it's been a crazy week for them, you know, not just because of, you know, the release of, their, of the book and him going to uh, rehab, but, like, they also, like, they had a leak. Somebody uh, hacked her, her private Instagram that she just had for friends or family of pictures of the baby. And they've been posting, people have been posting pictures of the baby and everything, like, that's just whack, yo. You can't, you can't do that, you know, but, you know, we know what, how it is this fandom, man, you know, it feel like everything a part of a wrestler is this, you know, um, it's not just so much that they entertain us through those, through those ropes, you know, we, you know, there's some of us who want information when they're outside of the ropes. You know, that they feel like they should still be that character when they're honestly just a different person. You know, and, you know, you don't share information like pictures, you know, stuff like that just for clout. You know, so I know, um, I remember I read a tweet from Renee, you know, she was talking about her, how angry she was about that. So, you know, I just want to like, yo, man. It's, that's that's why we got we got to do better on that on that side, man. You know, people. You know, these wrestlers are people too. We have to keep in mind that. 
Like, yes, they do some death-defying shit. They do some shit that we could never do. You know, but, you know, when them lights go out, man, and, you know, they pack up the ring and all that stuff, they're just normal people, man. They're just normal people. You know, so next time, you know, when y'all outside, 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, by the trucks, trying to get an autograph, whatever, remember, you know, they just got off of work, too. You know, remember when you got off of work and, you know, you got kids or whoever, you know, jumping on you and wanting to play or whatever. Remember, you know, you and him or her or they aren't too far off, aren't too far away, you know, from the clock. You know, we all got to punch the proverbial clock, you know. So, hey, that's just my yep. food for thought. Dishes. Rito. Let's yeah, as far, Let's get yeah, to as far, yeah, exactly. Um, as far as you know, wrestling and anonymity, it's not it's not what it used to be anymore. You know, you don't you don't get to be like how it was back in the day. And uh, you know, speaking of back in the day, we have someone from the old WWE WCW era who is criticizing AEW and CM Punk's return. That is Mr. Eric Bischoff. <laughs> yo man, hey, easy, yo, easy E, man. I love Easy E, man. Listen. We know who this man is. This man basically, you know, he spearheaded an era. This guy almost he almost took down the the E, the F, the mighty empire. You know, and um and now I just feel like is he hating? Is he, you know, is he, uh, what, what's going on with my guy? Because I, listen, I've been an Eric Bischoff, I'm an Eric Bischoff fan, man. You know, because he, I'm, I'm a fan of the Mavericks. You know, the guys who, uh, the guy who does, um, the guys who do things their way who don't care about, you know, who don't care about, you know, the conventional thing. But, um, listen, man, some of the stuff he was saying about seeing Punk return to the AEW was just kind of whack. You know, he was saying, um, I remember he was saying something about, uh, I'm sorry, I'm reading the text while I'm talking right now. <laughs> um, he was, they were saying that uh, Punk hit the bed since he joined the company and that, uh, it's just like, yo, like, come on. Like, what? Like what? He said this. I'm, 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 I got this quote in my notes. I'm going, I'm going to my notes now. Uh, he said, when Punk came out and said that the AEW signing of him and Daniel Bryan was more significant than Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, I kind of disagree with that. Yeah, CM Punk was at a high level seven freaking years ago when he was at a peak performance role at WWE. That was seven years ago. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were fresh off WWE TV, so you can debate significance because it's another subjective term that's unquantifiable. I'm not even gonna bother to do that. I will defer to the court. To the, I will defer to the court and submit Punk's position. But what I found interesting is that after Punk showed up with all of his significance, far more significant to Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, only to see AEW lose viewership over the course of the next two to three weeks. 
Um, he said something else about um, over that two to three week slide. Punk was talking about it's going to take five years before anybody really notices. And um, he's like, yeah, man, whatever. Uh, yo, man, if, if anybody would know about, you know, these signings and these, and these wars and, you know, these turf, turf battles, bloods and crips and vice lords that we have <laughs> or whatever, you know, um, easy would have something, you know, he, he's got the right to say it, man. And, um, do I think him... And Dan Bryan is a more significant sign than Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. I'm going to say this. Those are two moments in time. Two significant moments in time. Because people can tell you where they were when they saw when they saw Scott Hall come through the barricades and grab the microphone during an Alex Wright match. No, no doubt. And interrupt. And then People know what they were during the Great American Bash, I believe, when Kevin Nash came out and gave one of the most dopest promos ever, you know, play. He came with a big boy's play. You know, hits the adjective. Play. We didn't come to play. Like, come on. Like, play. Kevin has always been about that shit. I don't know, like, what, why he, like, had to leave the E to finally, like, get a promo game because he was terrible when he was Diesel. But when he went to the WCW, he was talking that shit. Um, but, yeah, they're two di- these are two different moments in time. You know, this is, like, you know, you can't compare the two. I feel like they're incomparable. You can't compare those two. It's like when LeBron goes to the Heat and when LeBron goes to the Lakers. Like, huh? Like, it's just, you can't compare those times because they're, they're both like, what? You were there? Like, that, in my opinion, that's all I'm saying. Why, I, what, how do y'all feel? How do y'all feel about it, yo? I feel like when we think about Eric Bischoff, man, this is, you know, we talking about like, like like it or not, right? We talking about OG status. Easy E, OG status. Like it or not, you know what I mean? It's the OG, the original OG from Cody, Wyoming. You know what I mean? Shout out to Kanye for what that's worth. But the original, you know what I mean? I think that Eric Bischoff is a, one of the characters and people, right? Like we think about, you know. On screen, off screen. He's one of the people that has been a master of moments. Right? We can think about all of the WCW moments that we want. We can go on forever. We can go on for a whole podcast. But when that man popped up on Monday Night Raw, Thinking about moments, right? And this is a moment master. We're thinking about Korea. We're thinking about post curtain curtain call shit. It's a lot of shit to be considered here, man. It's a lot of shit. And for a guy, you know, that started out in that company the way he did, and the impact that his ideas, right? Because that's the thing about this shit, right? It's all about 
how can you idealize a situation and bring it to fruition? And that's why people love Vince. That's why people love Vince, right? And I know I've been a critical, 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 critical critic of Vince, right? But when we think about those who have provided a certain space in the business that have generated a certain income and a buzz and a, 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 a cultural reset, we got to think about somebody like Eric Bischoff. So for the takes that he's making at this time, I think he has that ability. Um, we can agree and disagree, and those are definitely uh, fair conversations, right? There are definitely conversations that um, that we can have, and it's, it's real shit. But when we think about like a lot of other industries that we think about, whether that's movies or music, a lot of people have opinions about a lot of things. Some people are really nice, like Elton John, right, who definitely provides a lot of space to people within hip-hop, right? Elton John is a big fan of Young Thug. He's a big fan of Lil Nas mm-hmm. X. And the list goes on, right? But it's a lot of, like, critical people in a lot of these industries, you know what I mean? Denzel, right, rightfully so. So a lot of shit that's going on right now. Um, but, yeah, man, I think that he definitely has that right, and it, and it basically just spruces up conversations like the one that we're having right now. Um, and I can think that we can compare. We can compare and contrast because it's a different time. Um, but Eric Bischoff, man, like, you know, he's nasty. And he, he has that resume. Yeah, he definitely has the resume to talk about it. But is he, but like, is, is he right? I mean, because you said just a minute ago, we can agree to disagree. So you don't think he, he's right when he says that that they shit the bed on, a, on CM Punk's return? Because what, he's 5-0 and right now? Yeah, yeah, 5-0 and as of last mm-hmm. night. I don't necessarily agree. I think I'm with you. I don't necessarily agree, but I wanted to provide that space, right? I think that right. for those of us, like Bischoff been in the business before, you know, he was looming in legend, right? And I think when we think about us, for the level that we're on, even like people that have worked and have been close to shit, shout out to Julio, shout out to Chris from Reasonable Wrestling, you know what I mean? But like, CM Punk is 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 is, is that's a master of moments too at a performer's level and also at a writer's level as well. So based on what we have now and based on what we have to do with it, I think that the rep- the return of CM Punk it, it it was a success. You know what I mean? I think that where AEW is now, I think that they're just trying to provide that space to a guy like CM Punk who lost to the Undertaker at WrestleMania, right? And a lot of people might have thought that that might have been another notch under, you know what I mean, Punk's belt as far as we're talking about moments, right? But Roman ended up getting that look. Brock ended up getting that look. I always felt like Phil got robbed on that one. You dig what I'm saying? You feel me? So it's it's a lot we could do here, you know what I mean? But for guys that have been front row and center, eight shit, came up in a certain company, made decisions, traveled all around the world, got into this other company. You know, I, you know, I, you know, it's, it's an assessment. It's an assessment. Like, you know, like our Dave Chappelle conversation. Right. It's an, assess- it's an assessment. You dig me? 
Um, I want to ask y'all something. Um, this is off topic. Some CM Punk said, um, one of the main reasons why he didn't sign back with the E. And when he broke it down, I was like, damn, like it is that way. He was like, yo, I didn't want to go back because I knew it'd be a formula. I come back, I win the Rumble, or I win something, and then WrestleMania, I'm going for the, I, I'm getting the title. There's no, there's, there's no suspense. It's the, it's the same formula when everybody comes back. They get, they get, they win something, whether it's a Royal Rumble or a championship, you know, in some way. You know, Eddie won the Royal Rumble. When Sean came back, he won the title as, um, he won the title. That's Survivor Series, I think. Uh-huh. It's, at Elimination well, some, Chamber. Yeah. It's like, okay. You know, so I can kind of understand why CM Punk didn't, you know, didn't go back. You know, he just wanted a little bit more spontaneity, and I think AEW gives him that. Um, all I can say with this whole thing with Eric Bischoff is like, we'll see. We'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. You know, because there's a lot of stuff right now, you know. And everybody's going to have to step up right now because John Moxley's out, you know, for a minute. You know, getting himself together. So everybody's gonna have to step up. So we're gonna see like some feuds and stuff come into fruition that we ain't never seen before because John ain't there. You know, we might get, you know, I don't, I don't know when, you know, but we might get a, a Hangman CM Punk match, which kind of interests me. You know, we might get, we, we might get some things that we, we never even seen before. So hey, I'm looking forward to it. This is the perfect, you know, Yes, it's a, it's a tough time. You know, Tony Khan said yesterday was a, one of the toughest moments or whatever. But, yo, this, with the roster y'all have, the, t- the shit y'all talk all the time about your shows, you know, one, one man don't put us under, one monkey don't stop no show. Like, y'all should be all right. It should be next man up right now. So I feel like with John Moxley out, who should who's who's next up to who who's who's stepping up in AEW? Because I feel like Andrade should be the next should be somebody that should you know should you know should put the money on right now. Much agreed. I think so. I mean, let's not discredit Marrow in any way, shape, or form because he's a phenomenal performer. But I mean, Andrade has want, wanted this moment. It's just a matter of properly channeling everything and getting things in motion because, you know, with the Bucks and the Elite being in the mix and then you got Cody and everything, like like you said, there's so much, like, plug and play that you could do with this. And, like, right now, this is going to be a testament of Tony Khan's booking and storytelling and everyone out back because you either got to eat shit or get off the pot. Yeah, if, if your shit's so raw right now, show us. It's so improved right now. You know, much respect to the, you know, to the guys of the earth. So, yeah, it's time to show and prove for them right now. You know, y'all talking about y'all got a superior squad. Y'all, you know, y'all doing this, y'all doing that, or whatever. All these AEW stands always be talking about the numbers. All right, put the book in the numbers where your mouth is. Let's go, you know. <laughs> because, so, listen, whether you like it or not, the niggas in the E is coming. They coming. We don't know how they're going to do it, but they coming. 
they 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 coming, bro. Like that's that's all how I see it right now, man. And that's what it is. And I can't wait to see what it is. I can't see what happens from now. Cause like this is what I'm talking about right now. You know, you know, this is what it is, man. Let's go. Listen, man, it's feeling like Survivor Series again. Yeah. Feeling mm-hmm. like it's feeling like the real SS again. Listen, man. It's 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 up. It's up. And when we think about what we wanted and when we think about what we dreamed of April's ago, last April, it's up, man. And this is what motherfuckers wanted. And so it's just like but no, I think that Andrade is definitely key. Andrade is key, man. Multiple companies. You dig what I'm saying? Success. Money matches. Classic matches. Classics. That's a professional right there, man. Put it on it. Yeah. Put the money on it. And this is, what we wanted. this is what we wanted. This is exactly. what we wanted. Bundrol Center. This is what we wanted. All right, Rito. I think. Let's go. All right. Now, uh, speaking of uh, talent and, you know, being up, we're going to talk about someone who was up, and it seems like the numbers have gone down on them. But uh, there's a little. You know, a bit of controversy with uh, Chris Jericho and uh, Kalisto's tweet about Brody Lee saying that, hey, you spelled John wrong. Like, that seemed like it was real out of pocket and petty. I don't know if he's, you know, laid over from a flight from Texas going to QAnon rallies and whatnot, but I don't know what's going on with Jericho. Until Jericho tells us where his wife was the day of January 6th. You can't tell me. You can't spell check a nigga. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't spell check a nigga, you can't, well, you can't fashion check a nigga, you can't even G check a nigga, you can't do nothing, um, nothing, until you tell us where your wife was the afternoon of January 6th. Well, I know where she was last week when uh, everyone was waiting in Dallas for uh, JFK Jr. <laughs> but, but, fam, like, listen, man, you know, shout out to Calista for just taking it in stride, you know, and still, you know, being humble about it. But, yo, listen, Amanda Huber, you know, has become... You know how I get the takes. The takes. This is what we hear in Patrol Center. Let me preface this by saying I'm going to say something that I'm not allowed to say. I may not be allowed to say. I don't know. But listen, man. I I feel like we have uh, given Amanda Huber a little bit too much rope. Like, we are treating her like she is the Jackie Onassis of pro wrestling right now. You know, um, yes. (laughs) I I pause, you saw how I paused on that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was perfect. (laughs) Yes, yes. I feel like wrestling Twitter has made Amanda Huber the Jackie Onassis of pro wrestling. Wow. Wow. Hot, hot take. And, um, 
And I just feel like the message that Callisto did wasn't even out of out of malice. Wasn't from a good place. He was just saying like, yo, I said a prayer. I felt the spirit with me. You know, I'm just paraphrasing. And somebody talking about you spelled the name wrong, and then Amanda go come in here and talk about if you gonna use if you gonna name drop my husband's name, name drop your husband's name, like fam, like come on now, listen. We all love Brody Lee. We all love Brody. You know, we all you know Brody John Hebert. We all love this guy. You know, fascinating talent. This man was doing was. On a roll right now. I honestly believe that right now, had he still been alive, he would be AEW champ. I honestly believe that. And the Dark Order be, be, would be one of the most dominant factions in the AEW. But, yo, for you to, like, to say the, what you said to that man, like, come on, yo. Y'all should, like, you act like y'all don't know each other from the E. Like, y'all all don't stay in that, that like, all y'all niggas don't stay in that same apartment complex. Because I always feel like there's this one apartment complex that I see on NXT, back in the day in NXT. And, like, all the, oh, y'all remember the, um, there was a, um, a promo between a guy that referenced a purple green Whatever he was references that he was references um they thought he was Prince but he's he no longer wrestles right now him and uh EC3 were talking at a at a pool it feels like everybody in NXT or in, in NXT and WWE stays in this one apartment complex so like y'all 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 ain't see each other in the roundabout at the pool at the mailbox you know. Like, how can you say something? So, like that? Uh, I, I know exactly what pool you're talking about. I yeah, just, I think, uh, the, yeah, yeah, where EC3 dumped my man's in the pool. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think that's the same one where uh, LA Knight had. That's actually a fun fact. That's Mrs. House. That's one of Mrs.'s apartments down there. Who? The Miz. That's his one of his apartments in Orlando. Oh. Okay. So, yeah, they do, like, days of filming in there. They did that, and then, like, uh, oh, my God, what is his name? I haven't – anyway, uh, the Mandy Rose promo and all that, they did that all in that same place. But, um, yeah, back back on track about the Mandy Huber situation. She was the one that also called out Kalisto on that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. I thought it was just a Jericho thing. So, yeah. No, nah, I'm putting Jer- it wasn't Jericho. Like, Jericho said something, and then she put the, you know, one, like, how are you going to use, you know, she used the uh, the means of why you booing me, I'm right meme, or whatever. And then somebody was like, yo, like, you tripping. She's like, I'm not tripping. When you're attempting to name drop my husband's name, you better, like, come on. Ain't nobody trying to name drop. Why can't a person, yeah. you know? Done gone through so much being in catering and having to chase around our truth for damn near a year and a half, two years for a faulty title, not feel happy and feel the spirit of Daly's place where he's just like, yo, I just, I'm just, 
<laughs> Y'all, like, come on, like, if we gonna get into it, like, fuck, we get into it tonight, right? Right? Please. Fuck it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, why can't my nigga just feel the spirit? Like, my nigga been chasing around R-Truth for this faulty-ass title for about damn two years. You know? And now, you know, like, it, I just, I feel like this shit was, um, the shit was just crass, man. It was stupid. Like, it was something, that could have been a phone call. That could have been a text. Matter of fact, that would, that wouldn't, if you would have texted me about that shit, like, I'd be like, the fuck? Like, Callisto could have handled it any way he handled it. Any way he wanted to, but he handled it like a G. He handled it with grace. So shout out to him. Chris Jericho, man. Whatever. Whatever. But I really do believe that we were making Amanda Huber. We have made Amanda Huber something like. You're not a character in the show. You know, you're not a character in the show. You're not even, like, in the show. You're just somebody's wife. That's what I'm saying. You think Jackie... You think Jackie or Nassis would have corrected somebody? Yes, you probably would have. But that's, you know, but anyway, man. Like, that's what I'm saying. I feel like we have made Amanda Huber the Jacqueline Onassis of fucking... I think... The Jackie of pro wrestling. I think, too, with that is uh, this is the inverse of the Brian Pillman situation. This is what Vince was trying to kind of, you know, push aside because once everything was said and done and stories were wrapped up, he's like, well, you're out of here. Where now it's like, all right, you know, I kind of see where you're getting at on that end as far as, uh, you know, maybe potentially overstaying your welcome, but I, I see what you're saying. I see what you mean. What you got to say, love? So, I agree, man. It's just, it's it's all nasty right now. It's it's just all nasty. It's nasty for no reason. <laughs> it, ha- But it kind of had, I mean, it has to be. It, it, I, you know, the reason why it's on the docket. <laughs> Like, my nigga think y'all said it all. My nigga has escaped the clutches of the 24-7 title. Like, nigga was chasing around ninjas and shit. Like, yeah. he's just happy to, to, to be doing something right now, man. And y'all hate on the man for misspelling somebody's name, yo. My man just happy to be in a building. Right. Just happy to be in Daly's place. And like and y'all like see, this is why people can't do business with niggas sometimes, dog. Exactly. Exactly. So oh. so uh you know, speaking of uh raw things, what are your thoughts on raw? You know, chasing titles and twenty four seven and people doing backflips and, you know, craziness. Um I feel like this this big E Seth thing gonna be a banger. Um Bianca and Becky they putting on they putting on for the city. Um Roger, they trying to get there, man, they trying to do something. So hey, I I'm with it. 
So uh, I saw a little graphic, which, uh, you know, this might be a, like a sidebar conversation, but you know how, like, CM Punk was talking about how, you know, WWE has, like, the same formula? Yes. It's kind of... It, it's crazy, and this says a lot to the testament of WWE. Um, it seems like it's like a linear circle, or it's like, you know, going around and around, but five years ago, Monday Night Raw had Finn, Big E, Dana Brooke, and Seth Rollins. And fast forward now, you got the same bodies. It seems like, oh, and Kevin Owens. So it seems like it's the same rotation, and it seems like we're... I don't know if it's we're booking ourselves into a circle, but I think this is going to potentially lead into Seth Rollins potentially becoming WWE champion. Or I don't know. I, I don't see. It doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot of change in place for Raw, and that's kind of something that is starting to turn me. Well, it's been turning me off to the product because, quite frankly, I watch Raw after it's been DVR'd. Hmm. You know, it's not as good as what AEW's been offering. Listen, man, I'm gonna say this. We didn't write when Kofi when Kofi lost. We should have, but we didn't. Listen, they let Seth take that fucking title off Biggie. It's gonna be a problem. It's gonna be a super problem, especially if the shit don't make sense. Like you know what? It, and it, you know, if they're gonna do it, they're gonna have to make it make sense. I know I just said it's starting to feel like Survivor Series again. And we planning everything for March, April. Listen, man. They might make it try to feel like WrestleMania again with this Seth guy, man. I think y'all just said it. And we kind of laid it out an episode ago, a couple episodes ago. But Seth is another momentous character, right? And... I don't, I, I don't know, man. It, 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 it might, it might come down to those two come April. I'm, listen, man, it's Seth's time. It's Seth's time to be, you know, it's, it's another time for a rotation in the sun. But and I'm gonna just, tell you something. You what, just what, got, do we, what do we think going into the Rumble? If it, is it going to start to feel like the Rumble again? You dig me? I think it has to because the last two Rumbles have have done something. It's been about something. Hmm. You know, they, they, these have been good rumbles. You know, so yeah. it, it's going to feel like the, it's the rumble again. But why I feel like it's Seth's time to get back with, to get the strap back, pause, it's just crazy because two people who are really killing it as champions right now don't need to, leave, don't need to lose it. Big E and Roman are killing it right now. So, you know what I ain't seen in a while? The Intercontinental Championship. Put, you know, let's elevate that title again. Like, I hate to know, you know, I, I've been on the fence about the new design. At first I like it, then I don't like it. Then I don't know. But the, the Intercontinental title is my favorite title. Like, make it relevant again. Make the IC title relevant again, goddammit. <laughs> you know, I and, think, uh, and I, if we go, and if yeah. we're gonna go anywhere with it, then, I don't know, man. It's bullshit. <laughs> so, uh, you know, since we're on the topic of our WWE champion, Mr. Big E, he recently made a stop at the Breakfast Club and spoke on a lot of things pro wrestling where I felt that it was 
reminiscent of opening the curtain back to the people who don't really watch wrestling. What were your thoughts on that conversation on the Breakfast Club? Go ahead, Lo. I thought that it was a, it, it, it was an interesting one, right? Because when we think about the Breakfast Club and the people and just, you know, we got, you know, concentric circles when we think about the audience at the Breakfast Club. We have those that watch every single interview. We have those that watch, like, the high-profile interviews. We have those that watch only the interviews of the artists that they like, right? Um, and I think that Big E definitely has, like, cracked the barrier and being one of the people to provide this interview. And the Breakfast Club been provide a lot of numbers lately, right, with the Thug interview. And now we got Big E. And, I mean, Big E been moving over at, you know, Hot 97, you know, for a little while now because we got the Rosenberg thing. Ebro is definitely a wrestling fan. Um, but I definitely think it was one of those moments in which we think about how the business grows and who the business grows to and also, like, the reminders that a lot of us in these hoods and a lot of us, you know, in these cities have definitely fucked with pro wrestling. And I think that, you know, Biggie going on, you know, the Breakfast Club is a moment. You know what I mean? It's a moment in culture. And I don't think it was that much of a moment that, like, shifted everything, right? But I think that, like, him, you know, making his stake in this larger platform, um, it definitely means something. And it's definitely telling about where pro wrestling is potentially going. After having such a boom in, like, the early 90s and late 90s, right? Um, but I think that, like, you know, it was one of the things that definitely had to be done. Because a lot of people are definitely hip to the culture. We got a lot of memes out here. We got a lot of people that's like, you know, in between the business. People like Mouse Jones. You know what I mean? People like Emilio. Shout out to Russell Rap. Um, people like Cash. So it's like, it's only right that these things take place once these guys like E have these moments. You dig what I'm saying? Definitely, bro. That's just like a big picture. You know what I mean? Big picture. Yeah. No, no, no. I feel like this, man. Like, um... Leave it to, like, you know, this is, some, you know, Big E on the Breakfast Club. Even I think, was Kofi on the Breakfast Club? I don't think Kofi was, but we do have Wale. You dig what I'm saying? Like, Wale has definitely yeah. raised up, you know what I mean, a lot of these names in these like, interviews. This is what something that Wale always wanted. Right. You know, to merge the two. You know, and you see, you, you know, you're seeing wrestling and rap and you know and the culture you're seeing it you're seeing like ever slowly like combine and slowly start to recognize one another um it's cool it's cool to see um and what i loved about it i love the way biggie just basically talked about representation you know and he gave plenty of props to our, to the, our women's champ, you know, to former women's champion Bianca Belair. Just, I feel like, you know, um, it's like a kid, it's like baseball, for instance. Not a lot of black players playing playing baseball. But if you see somebody playing baseball and they killing it, just it takes one person to be like, yo, I want to be like that dude, you know. Like, in the early 90s or whatever, we had, you know, we had Ken Griffey Jr. in baseball. We didn't have nobody else. We had, I haven't seen anybody as, trans, as transcendent in baseball to niggas other than Ken Griffey Jr. 
You know, so if one person can see somebody on the breakfast of like Big E, and somebody be like, I was what I'm saying is this, B E can be the spark. You know, that somebody you know, people like, Oh, it's fake and all this stuff, but they see him and he's like, you know what? I see what he's doing and I fucks with it. I wanna follow that. So, um, I think it's great, man. Um, Big E has been killing as champion. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't say, I can't say enough about Big E, man. He's definitely doing it, and it's kind, of, it's really, really cool to see the culture and wrestling blended. You know, we've always talked about, we always had jokes. You know, there's always been jokes that said like, oh, hip hop is like wrestling anyway, or whatever. Are we seeing it that day? They may not be too far apart. And that's the thing, like, I think that when we think about wrestling, like, music, music always drives the product. Music and culture always drives the product of wrestling, you know what I mean? It's why, you know, CDs have been being released since the early 80s of entrance music, transitions, actual collaborations between wrestlers and actual, you know, recording artists. You dig what I'm saying? And now we have what we have now. And I think that, you know, we think about people like Leo, we think about people like hit row you dig what i'm saying it's a lot of people people behind the scenes at a lot of other companies shout out to ruckus at AEW. you know what i'm saying music always drives the product so when we can get people inside of the platforms that drive that on the daily such as music such as culture such as current events such as news you know what i mean like i i i, I think that we can recognize that a, that another moment is here right I think within the next, I want to say, year and a half, I think the world of pro wrestling and music is going to be bigger than ever. Like, we already saw an example of that with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. We've been seeing that with Wale being involved with the Usos and the rap battles and doing the music for NXT and certain pay-per-views. We also didn't, um, oh, my God, we did a song for uh, yeah. one of the NXT hey, pay-per-views. Um, he also said on the Breakfast Club Day, he, uh... What's that? Tony Khan reached out while he said that. So he might be working with Tony Khan on something. He said Tony Khan reached out to him about something. So we'll see what um we'll see what Wally's doing, man. Wally's been that bridge and he's been the perfect bridge to bridge the gap. We just we just all need to follow Wally's lead right now. And let's and you know, let's get it. All right. Um, now, what was that? No, I just said for sure. That's a fact. All right. So now speaking of uh, the culture and pro wrestling, um, we had a tag team debut on AEW Dark, I believe, by the name of Waves and Curls. Mm. Um, yo, this is what uh, I kind of want to let Low kind of, you know, flex on, flex on this one because we're going to talk about um, why we can't let anybody, I won't say we can't let people shine, but, you know, we always got to, we, we always got to be comparing niggas to other niggas, you know. I know um, we've said it, I probably said it a couple episodes. I know I said, I called I was called Street Profits. No. I, I was called Private Party Street Profits adjacent. 
I mean, I don't, I don't take it back, but well, and you no, I, I kind of take it back because they like, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing now, man. Like they all some shit. Like they get the niggas away from Matt Hardy, bro. <laughs> but, but like, yo, man, um, yeah, we always gotta be comparing some niggas. And uh, when I first saw Waves and Curls, I was like, yo. That's a dope ass name. And then I saw like the AEW dark little graphic. And I was like, yo, that nigga waves is sick. Like, look at that nigga waves, bro. And then like they do you know, they doing a Millie Rock, you know, in the rain and everything. Like like this is what we want, right? We wanna be represent we want we wanna be represented, but when niggas in the ring represent us, we gotta compare them to other niggas. <laughs> You you want you want like you tell me you want spaghetti you want you you want this you want that but when I'm finally giving you spaghetti you like it's like the beefaroni they got over here like, <laughs> it's, uh, oh my god our food only like you see how moms made it. This thing, this ain't how my mom's made it. Well, go back to your fucking mom's. <laughs> we we got McDonald's at home. <laughs> oh man, right. this is what they're telling me about niggas. Niggas be saying they say, say saying they want some shit, but when they get some shit, they gotta compare it to other shit. Now ain't that some shit? Like, come like. <laughs> go ahead, Yo. tell me this. Tell me this. If waves and curls, with, you know, with, slight more, with, with slightly better drip, probably more overall better drip, if waves and curls had debut on NXT 2.0, what would the conversation be? Because this is the thing about those of us in this community that identify with non-white identities that say we want things, right? And really, it depends upon who's serving that dish. I think that when we think about, you can name mad moments, right? Like, this is probably, like, the moment episode. But, like, you can think about mad shit that people have been pleased with on the basis of culture, like wedding episodes, things like the Nation of Domination and Gender Mahal and all of these things that refer to a larger part of our society. You get what I'm saying? Waves and curls, you know, it, it's going down right now. Like wave TikTok, curl TikTok, and all of these things are definitely blending themselves into, you know, the tapestry of like social media and like the how-to videos and all of this shit. It's like how makeup and fucking, you know, locks and all of these things have been barbering, all of this shit, right? But I think that, like, it's, this particular moment raises the contradiction of those of us in pro wrestling that do identify with black and brown identities. And when we say we want... But it's all about who's serving it up, you know what I mean? Like, I think AEW has been under a lot of scrutiny. We've talked about this because of the lack thereof of the display of black and brown cultures. And I guess... The uh, 
I don't know, just to the pleasure of the audience. The, and, I mean, granted, I don't think the AEW is never going to get this right. I, I mean, you know, hold me on that. I do not sink that into cement. But what I'm saying is, based upon who the majority audience of AEW is, based upon the reputation of people like Cody Rhodes, Randy Rhodes, Tony Khan, things of that nature, people applying and projecting things onto them, it's going to come off in a certain way. If this had debuted at NXT 2.0, it's brilliant. Vince McMahon wore a do-rag once. The Nation of Domination was in the WWF. You know what I mean? Vince called it. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> They're like, yo, who taught this? History. AEW has, is building up their history and people not giving them a chance. The WWE has done some crazy shit. Fucking was just in blackface. What's my man's name? Was that Pac? X Pac. X Pac was about, yeah. Bro. Triple H was in blackface. <laughs> Come on, they building up their history. You did so. Is is it discrimination because it's a tag team? But it's it's forgive and forget. And I I mean I don't know, man. Like I I don't know sometimes, bro. I really don't. I really don't. I just be looking. I just be reading and scrolling. There was some funny tweets out there though. Seahawks said some funny shit. Cash. Hey, you- Cass said, I'm down. Cass said, fuck it, I'm down. <laughs> so, we, 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 we around the spectrum. We around the spectrum here. My thing is this. Y'all, people make it seem like they've seen this before when they see Waves and Curls, but they see, what's the nigga name? The the Tony Soprano acting nigga from NXT. they like, oh, this nigga is hard. This nigga don't forget about it. Forget about it. Like, nigga, what if he had debuted on Dynamite? Switch he'd be like, Cutie Marshall. Or Rampage. Yeah. He'd be Cutie, he'd be Cutie Marshall. Cutie Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> that man is everything Cutie Marshall wants to be, nah. <laughs> like, like, for real. Like, like, yo, I'm going to tell y'all this, yo. Niggas, what's his name? Tony, what's the nigga name? Tony Alonzo. Tony, Tony Allen. What's, what's the nigga name? D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo. Yo, niggas love this Tony D'Angelo nigga so much because they miss Enzo so bad, my niggas. Yo, yo, niggas, niggas won't tell you, but they, they miss Enzo so bad, bro. Many Saints of Newark. Many, yo, they many miss Saints of North Bergen. Yo, they miss <laughs> Enzo so bad. They taking this Tony D'Angelo nigga. Like, I'm looking at this, this like, what the fuck? This old knockoff Henry Hill looking ass nigga. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, Nunzio's punching the air right now. <laughs> Bro, you know what's cr- The FBI was crazy. The FBI, the full-blooded... Bro, these niggas worked in a Rico joke into the FBI. <laughs> this shit... Bro, the Mexicals with the John... With the Juan Dennis, I'm I don't want to get into it. Let's... let's Whatever. It had a Hoosie driving the, the zero turns, my nigga. <laughs> bro, the WWE has dug deep. Bro, they had a fucking fucking faction called the Truth Commission about the South African apartheid. This is what I'm saying about this company. This is what I'm <laughs> They dug so deep. So deep. They had a nigga named the Jackal. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, yo, man, yo, shit is stupid, you know, niggas don't know what they want no more, man, that's all I'm gonna say, niggas don't know what they want no more. 
fights. You right, want to so, uh, ask for something else. So, uh, speaking of uh, Hall of Fame-worthy moments and times and people, the GOAT, Jay-Z, and LL Cool J has been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. Oh, that was my bad. Songwriters Hall of Fame. Oh, that was the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Yeah. How crazy that a man never wrote who, who, who will tell you to stop the beat, you know, for a second is in the Songwriting Hall of Fame, man. Like, that's this nigga makes sonnets in his head. The nigga wrote soon you understand in his head. He wrote soon you'll understand in his head. This nigga came up with this can't be life in his head, yo. The man's message's different. I will say that. Like, I think I was watching, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was either Magna Carta, Holy Girl, the documentary, or it was Page of Black, where he was sitting down doing his raps, and then after that, everybody was doing that. Yo, man, listen. You ready? Fade the black. Hold on. Go ahead, look. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Now, you know what? Yeah, I'm pulling up. Listen, go ahead. Man. Listen. You watch Fade the Black, man. You watch that shit, and you see a nigga like, Jay really showed you how to do this. He's like, as as an artist, he has somebody who makes music. He shows you how to do this, and he's and basically he showed us that there's none like him, and there's none to come. Like this is what you want. Like this is like this is what we're here for. Like, like, and LL, I will never knock him, man. This is LL. This is like I'm bad, bigger, and deafer. Like my nigga, like. Like, come on. Are we, listen, I'll forget about them IG Live freestyles that Freddie, that Freddie Gibbs was put, putting up about. <laughs> Yo, y'all remember when LL and Freddie Gibbs was just beating? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, LL hates fucking Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> LL hates Freddie Gibbs, dog. <laughs> Yo, Freddie Gibbs was on that nigga's head for like three months. <laughs> but yo, my nigga, this yo LL still made like yo my radio, like like he still you know he made radio, like he made I'm bad, like I'm bad, like. Hey, the man said he put a muscle-bound man to put his face in the sand, yo. <laughs> you, you know, I gotta say, you know, uh, I'm sorry, uh, you know, you know your stuff, dude. I love it. So, like, I know, I know you gotta say something because I know you hold something in. Hold on, look, see, see, low, like you, you listen, you, you, you seen stuff about movies, but I'm really about to fuck your head up about how I know shit, right? So. Bigger and Deffer came out, LL Cool J, right? Guess who is the executive producer and also LL's manager at the time? 
Zassi from fucking six. Tell me. Tell me. It is none other than Sean Diddy Combs from Bad Boy and He's the intercessor. Like, how the fuck this this is something? How the fuck does Diddy be a, be a part of fucking I'm bad? Bro, who was the executive producer? I think it was like Pusha's second to last album. Wasn't didn't Puff executive produce that, or had a lot of hand in that? Um, you talking about the 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 prelude or whatever? I think it was the second set of last Pusha T joint before uh, Daytona. I gotta I gotta, I gotta clarify that maybe, but that's an example of that. You know what I mean? When my I get that clarified, it was my name. Not my name is my name. What, my, I, I think before, it was one in between that. Uh, Darkness Before Dawn or something like that? Something. Yeah. I know because I know like, they made a movie out of it or something like that. Crosses, Crutches, Crosses, Crutches Caskets? I yes. That was, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what he's working with. Yeah. I, yeah, def, yeah. That's what he was working with Diddy, you know. Diddy, the invisible hand, yo. The Don Callis of hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> when did Diddy intercede with Hov? American Gangster? Diddy actually interceded with Hov from volume one. Well, yeah. And you could say J.D. and Diddy kind of came. It was J.D. and Diddy for American Gangster. Okay, right, 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 right. J.D. J.D. was definitely well involved. Jaden yeah, yeah. did a lot of shit on American Gangster. Yo, this is where I'm pull up on you at from a few minutes ago. Which made, which made me like forget like when they was talking about um when Diddy was talking about Jaden because I was like, yo, wait a minute, yo, Jaden got some shit. Yo, Jaden, right? Yo, Jaden, Jaden pull out Yo, if JD pull out Fallen from American Gangster, I'm like, come on, fam. I, I forgot he made that beat. I know I never did that. I know it's going to come right back. Like, All right, man. American Gangster yep. is such a... But no, listen, no, we we got to... No, we can't skip over this, bro. I know you, you give me a lot of shit. And I'm keeping the same energy from a few... Yeah. Yeah, okay. you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm so far ahead of my time. I'm about to start another life. <laughs> I'm behind you, I'm about to pass you twice. I'm fast, niggas can't get past my pass. Bro, yo, nah, stop playing, man. Ain't no living person that can test them. Only two wrestling in heaven. Yo, nah, stop playing. <laughs> and this only ref is him. Seven straight summers, critics might not admit it. But nobody in rap did it quite like I did it. Nah, stop playing. Stop. Stop. Okay? Stop it, man. Stop. I'm telling you, stop playing with him. That's not, that don't get him into the hall. Stop. This is where we stop all of this. 32 is happening tonight. Blueprint 2, 32 is happening tonight. Nah, I'm not playing no more, man. I'm taking a lot. Several episodes, Rito. Several. It's in the building. It's in the building. Do you want me to go 
<laughs> I digress. Control Center, this is what it is. This guy kills me every episode. Got mad at it in the one and no more. Come on. Come on, guys. That's one that's one track. It's a double album. I'm I'm done. And I'm done. And I'm done. And I'm done. <laughs> All right, guys. So, uh, <laughs> hold up, Reno. To like, to our, our old school listeners, new school listeners, <laughs> to our day one listeners, they know what we talk about because I hold Lowe's feet to the fire. No, Lowe's Scott, Julio, <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me, Reno. Because nicely, yo, Lowe swears. Come on, but. God Allah. <laughs> Buddha. Their blueprint to the masterpiece. Nelson Mandela, nigga. Every Malcolm X. Fella Cootie. Fela Cootie. Nigga, who else? Ray Art Bustin. Martin Luther King, nigga. Everyone. 13X. Lorraine Hansberry, nigga. Yo, that is blueprint. That is core, nigga. Blueprint 2 is low as shit, and I always give the hell about it. I'm done. I'm done, Rito. I'm finished. I ain't saying nothing else about Blueprint 2 ever, uh, 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 as long as we run in control. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a team, but I ain't going directly, you know what I mean? Nah, he's been killing me for episodes. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Are you not entertained? Talk about Blue. They don't talk about Blue. Do you believe? That's a Don DeMarco. Okay, all right. You dig me? Shit like that. I had to do it to I had to do it to him, Bedrol. I had to. Y'all been hearing it for several. <laughs> all right, Rito. This is the so, one. Uh, so, uh, you know, that that was magical. So uh, I don't want to bring things down, but uh, we got some serious breaking news. We have learned today that the following WWE releases have occurred. Carrion Cross and Scarlet. What? Beef wait, wait, of Hit Row. Hit Row? B-Fab of Hit Row. Whoa. Oh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Grand Metallic and Lindsay Dorado. Katrina from Legato the Phantasma. Ember Moon. Trey Baxter. Frankie Monet. Jet Rama, Oni Larkin, Zeta Ramir, Jesse Kamea, Mia Yim, Nia Jax, and this one hurt my soul right here, brother. Keith Lee. Holy, what the, yo! Tony Khan, about to break the fucking bank! Bro, dog, how they hold out Bearcat? How they hold out Bearcat? Yo, I'm done, yo, 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 what's happening tonight? Tony. About to do oh. a Tony about to do a play the coat. <laughs> Listen, Tony about to do a play the coat and go fucking crazy right now. I'm all alone on the steps right now. I'm all alone. My boys in here. They're going back and forth. I guess they okay, Rito's back. I don't what the fuck? Like this just happened, Rito? While we were talking about that, like, I kept, like, trying to jump in. I'm like, yo. And then the names just kept coming down the line. Like, 
Sean Ross, I got the tweets and I got the text from my boys. I got sources and wow, these are confirmed. Nia Jack's gone. Big fine. Gone. We about to, we about to, we about to get that, we about to get that shit. That Nia and Nyla. Come on. Come on. Yeah. So, so can so can the niggas going straight yo, so do it. Do that this, yo. You all, yo, AEW is about to go fuck it off. You already know that Ember Moon's going to AEW. You know that. I see that happening. Um You know, I, I don't even know. You know how niggas wanna be like, hey, don't Talk about where you want to see the performer at. Let them grieve or whatever. Yo, niggas know they was about to get cut. I truly believe this shit. Some niggas actually know they about to get cut. About to get their release. So, yeah, let's start fantasy booking some shit. Yo, that's crazy. They re- I mean, I, I, I sensed that the Keith Lee thing was going to happen. Like, I saw it from a mile away. I just didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. Um, damn. Even like B five will hit roll. That's yeah. It's it's crazy. The not wow. But why did they release her? I don't know. Like a lot of these names, they seem to have no connection. I mean, I could imagine Cross because you know he seems like somebody that seems to speak his mind on certain topics that might rub people the wrong way, and it was probably like, oh fuck, it will release you too. But damn. No, they just called Karen Cross over. They know what the fuck they wanted to do with him. That's crazy. Yeah, just seeing the names like even Nia Jax, I thought she was like, I thought she was one of those that were untouchable because she's, granted, she's sometimes a liability, but she's great. Honestly, I don't. I mean, listen, that division is gonna be crazy if. These 90 days is going to be crazy because it's going to be like, all right, well, you know, money. This is what impact can make, you know, could make an impact. Like, get some of these people, man. Like, yo, like, I'd pay, I'd watch Jordan Grace against Nia Jax. It's going to be good. I mean, even Mia Yim coming over to AEW. Like, I know Keith Lee's going to – he's probably going to go to, to AEW because definitely that's that's going to be big. And, oh, my goodness, it's going to be but, yo, it's gonna but be amazing. Stop, but also, let's stop, you know, just saying AEW could be the only destination. Listen, some niggas could pull a Murphy and go to New Japan. So, I mean, so let's see what happens with this shit. I see y'all niggas, y'all got y'all Twitter things moving and shit right now. <laughs> I'm talking some shit about this Piston Sixers game. That's what I'm oh. doing. But, yeah, go ahead. Shout out to my guy, Grant Till. Yo, his daughter just beat somebody in MMA. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is, this is a lot, man. I don't want to yeah. I don't know. 
beat? Why did it just? She was just on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. It's real out here, bro. Like, I, listen, he is gully, man. Nobody they look all Katrina's fine ass. Damn. They take you off. They look Yeah, so Johnny's probably coming out too, so. Yo, AEW about to be crazy. I'm telling Frankie you that Mo women. Yep. Yeah. That women's division is going to be crazy. But. Impact, I'm telling you, Impact, if y'all got some money, y'all better start spending. I think they're going to run back Frankie, Frankie Monet and Nikki James at some point, too, in Impact. So, yeah, that's that's true. Mm. All right. Um, <laughs> now, we could talk about one or two things. Uh, let me see. Oh, okay, I got it. Uh the LGBT plus community accepts the baby's apology. Yeah. The fuck is that about? I so, think money? Maybe so, maybe he donated. So Dave, Chappelle, so Dave Chappelle negotiated the release of the baby for the LGBTQ community just to be taken in as a prisoner of war himself? <laughs> <laughs> You, you know when, like, back in the day during the Cold War where we take one of theirs and they take one of ours and we meet at the wall and we just, you know, swap them? I think that's what happened but here in this case. The baby for Dave Chappelle? <laughs> that's mean, the call we made? <laughs> that's the call? <laughs> I mean, let's go. <laughs> All right. Hey, man. A lot of organizations. This nigga, this nigga just just inducted Jay Z in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Dave Chappelle, how do you induct Jay Z inside this the Songwriters Hall of Fame and then learn the next day that the LBGTQ have decided to forgive the baby, but they hate you? Checks and balances, I guess. I don't. <laughs> it's like thanks. I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I don't know, man. But you know, so I literally think it was just literally like one organization that happens to be an LGBTQ organization that said, you know what? Let's make a moment out of this. Let's potentially get a bag and talk to this nigga. Let's be the organization that brings Dave up. Right, you know what I mean? Let's be the moral authorities on the whole community so that the actual news headlines say that the LGBTQ... Well, this is the thing. They probably ain't say all that, but it's like they definitely saw some opportunity. The nigga that talked to the Boosie. He don't want to talk. He want gunplay. He don't want to talk at all, bro. That man been in gold... Like, it's like, it's different with Boosie, man. Boosie too far gone. <laughs> if I ain't mistaken, I think that's where he's been. I got to backtrack on that. That's sensitive information, but it's public. But, I, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's different. We know where he's been in the grand scheme. Listen, we saw the movie. Boosie. 
haven't seen the movie. You seen the movie? Movie wild, bro. My folks had that shit on. My pop is an adamant fan of Boosie, bro. Listen, somebody sent me the link. They sent me the open load link or whatever. Pause. I don't know why that just just that just sounded <laughs> pause. <laughs> Yo, so I think I got sent the link as soon as I clicked on it. It was dead. I was like, "Fuck, man." Mm. I, I I can't justify me spending twenty dollars on on a Boosie movie. <laughs> Not on Amazon Prime. I can't. I can't. No. <laughs> right. Yo, Fast Nine is cheaper than Boosie's movie, dog. <laughs> right. Yo, so, yo, bro. It's classics out here, bro. Fast Nine. Fast Nine is cheaper than Boosie's movie, dog. You know why it's cheaper, right? Why? Because family. There's <laughs> a whole lot of naked Boosie movies, so like, there's a whole lot of something. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of a whole lot of something, someone who presents a whole lot of something. Cardi B tells rappers to stop drinking lean and making sad music. <laughs> hey yo, hey, I feel Cardi though. Yo, Cardi, yo, Cardi telling niggas that like she feels like she got the pulse of the club. Niggas want to hear her. Like yo, you hear us? We saying this up. Niggas saying this up. Like I feel it because like I be tired of Broadway shit, dog. <laughs> Niggas depressed. Like I, I want to listen to Up and it's stuck. I don't want to hear Tombstone. They bury me. I know, like Broadway. Like chill the fuck out. Like why are you so fucking depressed? Why you got money, my nigga? Like tired of listening to the sad Juice World shit. Like I feel it. Stop drinking the lean. Put the lean down. Put the pills down. Don't put the bloods down. Like, let's just have some fucking fun. I think... No, everybody's a fucking sad boy. I think as far as where the culture needs to go musically, they need to go in a more... I don't want to say too, too positive light, but, like, we got to have something where someone drops, like, a like a doggy style type album, you know, where it's, you know, every track is like about having fun, you know, chilling with your boys, things of that nature. Like what happened to that music where everything seems like it's either super serious or super sad. Like there's no like in between, like as of late up and I'll be honest, I, I don't really listen to much of the new artists that are out now. I'll listen to the old ones. I'll listen to different artists here and there, but you know, we need, you know what, you know what needs to happen? Will Smith got to drop an album. Don't answer that. Ooh. <laughs> Don't answer that. You might actually get that. Yeah. Don't answer that. You might actually get one. Um, I'm gonna say this, man. Um, I'm wholeheartedly joking, by the way. I'm not serious about the Wilson's album. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yo, you said Will Smith made me think about something that T.I. said or whatever. T.I., um, he performed with his son, Damani, on this show or whatever. And T.I. said that they're the best father-son duo in hip-hop. Nobody can take them lyrically. And I honestly feel like Will and Jaden could eat them niggas up. See, now we're putting that energy in the air. I like that. Because, I mean, Jaden said he all right. Jaden think he Jay. <laughs> what, what, what Ye say about Drake? He think he pot? <laughs> wow. <laughs> he think he Jay. <laughs> um, still Dre, still Jay. Yo, man, um... I don't know, man. What do, you, what do you think, Lo? What do you think? Listen, man. Bro, I don't even know where to begin with this shit. It, I, man, look. <laughs> My bad to take a few inhales, but it's like, I, I can't even, man. I can't even. Is it strange? Is is strange? Yeah. All right, so uh, we're gonna go from up to down, and that's Alpo dead in Harlem. That's what I was waiting on. Take it away, Lo. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. I remember being about 10 years old. Now I'm going on 10. I remember a lot of hoopla toward the beginning of the year about a movie that was out. And, you know, a lot of us have, again, right, we, we shouted out Mox earlier. You know what I mean? We, we, we On this podcast, we talked a lot about substance, substance use, substance abuse. Uh, Long story short, and, you know, besides Dane trying to make part two of this movie, based on this particular news, on this particular night, I found out that the movie that everybody was talking about during the earlier parts of the year was coming on Showtime. And at this particular moment, my mom was making dinner. My pop had done all his work for the day. He was in the house on the phone with his particular compadres. And I'm like, okay, this is the night that I'm going to watch this movie. Apparently, it felt like the fucking second coming of Scarface. I wasn't alive during the time when Scarface came out. But that's, that's from what I know, that's what this shit felt like. And, you know, a few minutes into the movie, hey, the nigga's watching the movie of Scarface. This character named Ace. Who was a stand-in for the character and the person of A.Z. Faison. Movie go on a little bit, little bit. And I remember seeing the music video early on in the year where Cameron seemed like he was doing some acting, right? This is the mind of 10-year-old love. <clears throat> Fast forward on this particular night, I'm like, oh, this is the movie that was in that music video I saw on BET. Got Cameron is playing this guy named Rico. It's Puerto Rican boy. Linked up. With, with with Mitch standing for Rich Porter 
in prison. My dad kind of telling this shit as it go. You know what I mean? I grew up kind of fast as a youngin'. Fast forward, classic movie, crazy ass movie. We see Dame Dash, we see Noriega, we see a lot of niggas. See this nigga Makai Pfeiffer who was standing in for Mitch, Rich Porter, get shot by Cameron. Later on, see a later conversation between Ace and Rico, AZ, and uh, Rico, who is Alpo Martinez. You know what I mean? Asking Ace all types of shit, like why he call him and da 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 da. And, you know, at this point, Ace, AZ is starting to have his suspicions, right? Fast forward, fast forward, I learned that this is actually a true story. And this is a story that looms large in the presence of hip-hop, in the presence of culture. Everything that we were talking about, about Big E, and everything in particular to this culture. But it's a lot of shit that's on the underground, right? That's beneath the surface. <clears throat> By the end of the movie... I see Cameron in the orange jumpsuit. He's talking to some white men. He's talking about how when he come home, he's still going to be the king. I'm like, okay, so this guy's definitely going to jail, right? So about this being a true story, I later on found out that this guy Cameron was playing is actually in jail present day, right? A lot of people got told on, people from D.C., Wayne Perry, all of those guys. A lot of people from upstate, too, right, from right up I-95, right? Now, present day, it's a lot that's going on. We think about social media. There's a lot of stories that's out there. There's a lot of people that's on social media. It's on YouTube with YouTube channels that have ran these streets. People such as Hassan Campbell, people such as Brian Glaze Gibbs, people such as Queens Flip. The list goes on, and some of these characters are actually within hip-hop. Maybe even someone like Cameron himself, right? Maybe even someone like Dame Dash himself. Find out that this guy AZ has been home for a while. Earlier this year, he goes to a Halloween party. Goes to this Halloween party. Well, fuck that. Before that, he goes to someone's birthday party, right? Documentaries being shot, all types of shit. And it's a lot of shit when we think about the industry and the culture at large. People who telling, people who not telling the six nines. All of these people, all of these conversations, right? A lot of shit going on here in Philly. A lot of shit going on out west, a lot of shit going on down south, right? So the snitching and this telling a uh, 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 cautionary tale is happening over and 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 over again. Now this person, this character that Cameron was playing, known as Rico, known as Alpo Martinez, has been the latest to meet this fate, right? The ultimate fate of losing your life due to you tell them. It's a lot of people that have lost their life to this shit that who didn't tell. People like Griselda Blanco. The list goes on, right? That's just one person to name. I'm not going to name any other. But we can say that based on everything that's been going on within the year 2020, the year of clear vision, and then now in the second year, one of the greatest stories of those who have told has now come to an um, a lot of people seem to think that there's like some funny business going on, that he's not really dead, that he's tucked away somewhere in Guatemala or Suriname or Guam, whatever people want to say to get their clicks. Feds have, you know, done this professionally. It's a lot of talk about the hit that was done, a lot of nasty ass talk that I don't want to really get into into the control center. But this story has come to an end. Apo Martinez, um, has passed away per the larger culture and the larger news media system. 
And it's just a lot of conversations that's coming out this year, conversations that go back almost 30 years. Documented, regular documentaries, Hollywood films, hip-hop music, YouTubers, social media, TikTok, however we want to spin it. Mm. Oh. Um, you know, man, um, I wasn't really told a lot about AZ and, um, and Rich pulling those guys. Um, for what I knew, like, I knew personally in my life, uh, I remember my dad being Kuwait, a character named Haitian Jack. Um, that's what I remember that guy. Um, when you say the name Haitian Jack, you think about Tupac and who probably set him up in New York and got him shot or whatever. But, um, yeah, man, um, I really didn't know a lot about AZ and those guys, but when you watch Peyton Fool, man, you, you learn some, you, you play catch up. And whether a lot of the stuff was exaggerated or not, you became enamored with it. Paid and food just had that lifestyle where it was just, it, one, it was a great movie, uh, shout out to Charles Stone. Um, it was just wonderfully casted, wonderfully acted, just one of those movies that's just one of one, man. Um, I thought, Cameron should have won an Oscar. We everybody says that Cameron should have won an Oscar because it just felt real. But also, I just remember seeing Cam, you know, in that jumpsuit talking about, you know, I give y'all some guys from, you know, from DC, you know, but I ain't gonna sit on nobody from New York because uh, when I get back, I'm still gonna be the king. And you just like you look at it with the smirk on his face, and you just like, yo, that nigga really said all that shit for real. You know, um, it's easy to glorify that thing. That shit is cool. You know, that, you know, but of course, you know, that life isn't cool. And this is one of the, one of the reasons why it ain't cool. You know, you can be so busy trying to be the king of New York that, you know, you end up losing your crown. You know, you, you know, you should have went back, man. That's all I'm going to say. She never went back. Um, I just, yeah, just dirty work, man. Just dirty work. Um, listen, snitches get stitches, man. And I hope uh, somebody's out there praying and holding on tight to six nine. <laughs> Read what we got. All right, so uh, just a quick blurb right here. The Braves have won the World Series. That's big for Atlanta. Magic City was going crazy. I know. I told. I said the two places that you you had to check the pulse of the the community was Magic City and Ace of Diamonds. You know, right? Because like, come on now. 
Houston strip clubs and Atlanta strip clubs? Come on, fam. Yeah. But shout out to the Braves, though. They did it for Brian Hunter. They did it for John Rocker. (laughs) 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 What was that song? song? One for Petey Craig? Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, one for Brian Hunter and two for John Rocker. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, now speaking of Atlanta, we have a certain someone who is at the helm of a show called Atlanta who seems to, you know, I don't know if it's a beef or if there's a comparison, but Donald Glover versus Dave. Yo, Donald Glover's out here talking his shit. So Donald Glover dropped a um a quick sixty uh quick sixty minute um sixty second uh teaser for Atlanta season three. And everybody goes completely fucking crazy because it's beautiful, wonderfully shot. Um it just looks amazing. Um and then a couple minutes afterwards, he just fires off some tweets and one of them was saying, was, I'm paraphrasing, was him saying, like, yo, we see y'all. We see y'all out here talking about David's disappearing your show. Like, we would, like we ain't here. Like, we ain't done it first. We see y'all. You know, he was also saying, saying, people is debating, people is debating my show, and I'm the sellout. Like, Saying people are saying Dave's the superior show and I'm the sellout. Like, listen, man. Quickly, we 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 look we forget sometimes, man. We forget like Atlanta was a powerhouse. One of the first, you know, this show got a Golden Globe, a Golden Globe. You got Emmys. First black show, all black show to do this in a while. It's also in that stage of the Golden Globes where Donald Glover gave one of the big, I, I would say one of the biggest co-signs in hip-hop to date. Where he co-signed Amigos and said that everybody should listen to, everybody should listen to uh, Bad Abuji. He said that on stage. And instantly, Bad and Bougie became a supernova of a hit. So, not only did he have the meet star, he also bigged up their show. He, he also bigged up their songs. Made a household name. Um, I... I'm not a little Dicky fan. I'm not gonna even lie and say that I am. I can't take him seriously. Now, um, now when you now when you say you're not a fan of Little Dicky, are you saying you're not a fan of his music or just his overall body of work, including the I'm show? Not a fan of anything that he does, like like how Joe Budden hates Logic. That's how I feel you, about how I feel about Little Dicky. Like right, who's so, like what is? Like, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean like, with uh. Oh, you're super talented. You can spit, but you rather make dick jokes and self-deprecating humor about yourself. 
Yeah, I mean, at, at face level, I, I, I see, like, so it's it's a show that I have watched and I have enjoyed. But if I had to choose between the two, if both were on at the same time, I'd always watch Atlanta. And then, like you said, like, oh, at least we forget about Atlanta. Atlanta has definitely, like, put names on the maps of Brian Tyree Henry, Lakeith Stanfield, Zaza Beats. Like, we got Paperboy in a fucking Marvel movie now. Like, people Listen, forget that. The movie. Okay, when did, um, when did Atlanta come out? 2015, 16? Uh, six, I think 15 or 16, yeah. Name a movie in the past. It's 2021, right? Name name a movie in the past five years that don't have neither one of those guys in it. I'll wait. Ooh, let me see. 16. We got The Martian. 17. Thank you for calling. Godzilla. Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. Joker. Joker. Yeah, you just covered the 19th spot. Damn, yeah. Or did they fall? Damn, yeah, you're right. Superpower. Name a movie that don't, or a project that don't, Judas and the Black Beside. Name a project that don't have none of them niggas attached to it. Whenever you had to see something involving the culture or involving something, you saw one of them in it. Fuck it, the 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 Lion King nigga. Oh, that's yeah. the that's the one. Two, yep, 2018. Got it. That's crazy. Yeah, and y'all talking about and y'all talking about Days of Superior Show. Atlanta was a star making show. Star making. Atlanta is what Freaks and Geeks was to that amount of people for the black culture. Definitely. Like if you look if you look at Freaks and Geeks, everyone involved in that show skyrocketed. Atlanta skyrocketed. Absolutely. Yeah. Period. It takes, man. So when I see this shit, because like I've seen people, and I've seen some of the people in wrestling that we know, like wrestling Twitter, talk about the most greatest show ever. It was a holdover. It was a holdover for the, you know what I mean, for the for the for the real soldier. It was it's like, good. Uh, it's good. It's good. Shout out to my guy. But it's it's it's, it's you know, it's the beefaroni when we want the spaghetti. You know what I mean. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, anything else? Because I got one last thing in the docket, my, and that's what's my up? thing. My thing is this, man. Um, listen, these niggas said, uh, Childish said this, and his brother said this, that I think either season three or four, he said, it's better than the best season of The Sopranos. That's going to be interesting because I'm a huge Sopranos fan. That's a lot. That's a lot to. Hey, hey, hey. You know what I mean? I mean. Yeah, that's Listen, that's man. that's. This could you know be a what? Sopranos podcast if we wanted. Huh? Self control could be a Sopranos podcast if we wanted to, if we wanted yeah. to. <laughs> really could. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I mean, it does because honestly, in retrospect, 
when you watch like the first watch of like the last season and you're thinking back, you're like, damn, like like the Fubu episode just just off the top of my head. Everybody remembers that. Like everyone knew that kid. Everyone knew that. I got and, mm-hmm. or like uh, the bar- the barber episode. Everyone experienced that. You know. Or even the jail episode. Yeah. Yeah. I got one, though. Personally, personally, I like Rami better than Dave. I like Rami. I like Rami. I haven't, wa- I haven't watched Rami. I don't, I don't I know what that is. I love Rami, bro. I, yo, bro I, I wear that jersey. I love My man had Mahersha Ali um, on there last season, for, on his, his last season. Great yeah. job. So, yeah, man. absolutely. That was a quick, you know, crazy. Check it out, man. So what's next? Uh, last thing. Uh, oh, actually, two things. So, uh, where is it? Uh, QC wants to buy three hundred entertainment. Ooh. Okay. Like, listen. Um, a lot of Young Thug is on is on a three hundred. Three hundred is Leora Cohen's on label, right? That that's his thing. Um, QC, P said, yo, P said he got the, he got the lawyers and he got the money for it. The buy 300. I don't think Leor's going to do it, but do, can you see? I, 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 I can't, I see P starting to, I, I don't know, man. I don't see P buying 300. I don't see Leor selling. Shout out to Leora, you know, but I don't see it. I I don't see it happening. But I love it. I love that you know P is talking big, and you know what it's in that he got enough for it. So I'm with it. Yep. What hello? Not I just feel like Leora got his hands full, man, and. I mean, we'll see. I don't know if it's going to be a game-time decision. He might not sell, but, you know, that, that Thug Breakfast Club interview was very telling about the last few years, I think, when it comes to 300. Um, you know, the parts that were asked about, you know, Leon 300 and shit like that. And, you know, as a crazy roster over there to manage. And, I mean, I think, I, you know, QC, you know, if, if that were to happen, if the sale were to happen, could they then, you know what I mean, like drive that boat? No pun intended. Shout out to Megan for graduating. Um, but yeah, man, it's, 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 I don't know. It's, 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 it's one of the interesting stories in the culture right now, as far as like, you know, sales and, you know, where capital is going to be going in the next few years. Uh, I'm, I feel like QC needs stronger, um, more stronger relief before we can talk about. I guess, I mean, they got the money, cool, but they need stronger releases. Culture three, yeah, so but like I don't even forgot about culture three. Culture three got a key to win. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, you know, we still have a, is, is cardio QC. I I thought cardio was trying to like Atlanta. I, I don't know who all QC man, but. I don't know. I need to see something stronger. I like. I just saw um, Summer Walker's um, contract, and she is getting. 
bottom boys over at Love Renaissance. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, man. I thought I know Black is signed to the mix too. So yeah, I hope you know. I hope his buddy's looking right. But yeah, man. Um, I love this Black dominance. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna say he can't do it. I would love to see him do it. So you know, I would love to see you know Black man. You know. Be, put himself in another position of power. So I'm all for it, man. But if you're going to do it, you have to do it right. You have to, like, those are some artists. You got some artists over there. Right. And that's where I'm at with that. All right. Um, my bad. Hold on. Uh, the last thing was... Academics versus Brittany Renner and Freddie Gibbs. Ah! <laughs> so, yo, um, Brittany Renner's on the academic show or whatever, and they were just talking about uh, some things, you know, talking about her, uh, being a, her, people calling her a predator, people saying that she trapped PJ Washington, and she was saying that men need to take responsibility, you know, as well and everything. Which I can kind of agree on, but at the same time, this dude is 18, 19. You're like 26. You're, you're a grown woman. Like, you know. Come on. Let's, let's call it what it is now. Let's, let's... <laughs> now, I do see a lot of these birds out here agreeing with Brittany Renner, but it's just, damn, like, how dumb is, like, how? Like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, yeah, because you could say men, but it's like you talk about a lot of niggas who go to the NBA, who, in a lot of instances, you know, a lot of you know, these days you have those that are from more protected situations, right? But even then, a lot of these cats, even then, no matter what neighborhood they come from, like they have a lot of dependence on their folks, a lot of dependence on their co- on their coaches. So when we think about like manhood, like it's relative. It's like it's whatever manhood is to that particular dude. Like, I mean, you know, if you uh, you know, you if you can't find yourself in a situation with like someone that has graduated within two years of you graduate from high school, uh, forward or back, like you probably shouldn't be like fucking with them like on that level. And you know, again, I just think it's one of those things where it's like you know, she's been out here for a while. You know what I mean? She's been doing her little thing. But it's like now it's, it's getting to a point where it's like, all right, this is getting old, and like you just need to tap out on this part because like if you're pregnant by a bull or whatever the case is, like, like just like take care of that shit. Like I, I get that people want to make stories out of what people are or aren't doing and shit like that. Baby, huh? She had his, she had his baby left him. Like, and now she, you know, she's talking about she's looking for. She's going to all these colleges talking about looking for somebody um hide your sons and stuff. Like it's groom I mean, if we gonna call it grooming when Drake talks to eleven for Stranger Things What is this? No, I mean, you know. That's that's where accountability comes into play and then like I think also for the fact that, you know, if we looked at it at the inverse we'd be like, Whoa, 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 what is he doing? Where where her she's it's it's all for clout it's 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 the cat stack situation just on a hundred and in sports you know yeah 
Yeah. Um, as far as the thing with Freddie Gibbs, man, listen, act. We we've talked about it. Don't go over there, man. Don't go over there. I don't know what acting like. I don't know what. You try to get an issue, that man Freddie would definitely give it to you. Right. I don't know why actors even trying to come after that man. I don't get it. It's it's those clicks, man. It's 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 the story. Academics is the hip hop Paris Hilton. Perez Hilton, sorry, Perez Hilton. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not too far off with that one, Rito. I like that one. But I mean, I don't want to see nobody hurt. I don't want to see nobody killed, you know, because it can instantly turn left. But I just think, um, what's his name? Barrington, Levington, whatever his name, um, Carrington, whatever they say his real name is. You need to chill, man. You know, he almost, listen, you already almost got ran up on by, by Rory and them boys. Rory, you almost ran up on him. Right. You know, so chill out, bro. So that's where I'm at with it. That, that's where I'm at. Uh, <laughs> and so what's next? Need to know? Uh yeah, I uh I didn't know what was that as far as need to know. What was that? Okay. So need to know is a segment of the show where uh me and Lo and now you will tell the people something important to us that the people need to know for this week. Um I'll go first. Um my need to know is a movie that came out yesterday. Very good movie. Very rep- very representative of us. True, based. It may not be a true story, but it's based on true characters. Um, listen, I know if y'all never heard of Black Cowboys, but they're real. We had them, and um, I definitely feel like if you're looking for a great spaghetti western with some black folk that with a lot that has a lot of representation in it, from the lighting, music on down, please. No further, go no further than Netflix. The harder they fall, um, it's a good, pretty good story. Great acting. Come on, man, Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Regina King, Zazie Beats, <laughs> and fucking Lakeith Lakeith Stansfield in, in there. Like, like yo, um, Dion Cole's in it, um. My boy, who was the Blue Ranger in the Power Ranger movie, he's in it. Um, my man, who was the uh, what was it Natural Selection? Um, in the in X Men First Class or whatever, who shouldn't have really died, but died. <laughs> I I remember that segment because Kaz Kaz always brings that up whenever X Men gets brought into the conversation. If you follow him on Twitter. So yeah, um, he's uh, he's in it. It's a real good movie, man. Harder they fall. Um, directed by James Samuel, who is also Seal's brother. Um, and it's uh, produced by Jay Z and uh, the other nigga who produced movies with Will Smith. <laughs> so uh, yeah, man. Um, definitely go see that. Read up. Tell the people something they need to know. 
Uh, what they need to know, I wasn't exactly prepared for this. I, I didn't know this, but the one thing that comes to mind, because, you know, I've been homesick for the past few days, but I'm back to work. I've been on the Disney Plus app just going through nostalgia, and I found a classic cartoon by the name of Pepper Ann. I don't know if y'all remember that show. Yes, I remember Pepper Ann. That show is... It's definitely one of the shows where it took steps for shows like As Told by Ginger to exist and things of that nature. Um, it, it's pretty good, you know, even if you have it as background noise. Um, and that's about it, really. I mean, as far as music, I've been kind of heavy on listening to some Andy Minio because I'm trying to get right with God. So there's always that and some Lecrae as well. I feel you. I feel you. Um, I did not know where. Oh, there he goes. Low. Need to know. Yes, sir. Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. So, my need to know for this week is, we kind of referenced it earlier, but the Talking Soprano, Sopranos podcast with Michael Imperioli and Steve Sharippa, um, the characters of the podcast, um, well, the actors of the podcast, one Steve Sharippa played Bobby Bacala, uh, Michael Imperioli played Chrissy Moltisanti. Um, and this is all our great podcast. I think this week they're hit on episodes 83 and 84. Um, a bit talk about, uh, you know, Jamie Lynn Sigler. I think she was on 84. Um, I forget exactly who was on 83. Um, but I'm definitely catching up this week. I definitely think that, you know, with the fallout and everything from Many Saints of Newark, um, the last several episodes would be definitely good to catch up with. But it's definitely all the way straight fire from episode one all the way down to now. They're kind of closing in on 90 episodes. So the Talk of Sopranos podcast is my need to know for this week. So um, another need to know now that, you know, you brought up Sopranos. Apparently, they confirmed Tony's fate. We all knew that, though. Okay, okay. I thought I thought people had different interpretations, but we all knew that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, okay, all so knew, we all knew that. You didn't have to break it down to us, but we knew it. But thank you. But um, still, guys, another excellent show. Uh, we thank y'all for rocking with us. First-time listeners, day one listeners. Listen, man, continue to spread it on. Um, We appreciate you. We got some cool stuff on the way. Um, I know we always say that. We never do it. But we honestly do have some cool shit on the way. Um, Just stay tuned for it. Listen, man, like we always did this time, you know, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. That is from Christine Kane. Listen, man, we love and thank y'all so much for rocking with us. So, good night. Good luck. Inshallah. Farewell. One yourself. Peace and love. My name is Naj. Lorenzo. Rito. It's self-control. And we out.